and welcome to another episode of Game Till 5. This is an intro by me. My name is Nikki, and I'm joined by my co-hostess with the mostess, Steph. Hello. I'm doing the intro today because I have the power. Uh, but yeah, Steph, tell us about what the episode is today. Uh, the episode, dear Nikki, very good intro, by the way, uh, Thank is you. all about... Uh, moving games. Games that have moved us to some feeling, uh, be it sad or happy or, you know, just some some emotion has been brought forth. So any game that has given us feels, whether, yeah, it'd be like happy, sad, or even sexual feels, you know? Yeah. I, 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 that is not where I think I've ever thought of. But now you mention it, I'm sad because I don't think anything's on my list in that way. I mean, I didn't either, but I'm just, I don't want to, like, you know, not include everything. Because oh, there's true. a lot of feels. Yeah. And I guess if people like to play this at home, because that's how I assume <laughs> they listen to this podcast, uh, then then they might have sexual feels. And that's okay. I mean, I don't know where you're going with that, and I don't like it, but that's whatever way. I just meant if they make their own list along I don't with wanna, us. I don't want to give then... people those kind of feelings. I don't say we're giving it's them the feelings. not this kind just, of podcast. I'm just I'm saying sure... they might make their own list of video games, and one of oh, their okay. list items might be a sexual one. Okay. I'm just so quick to assume that I mean us let's swerve away from this but anyway before we get into the feels yeah it's gonna be a very deep podcast today mm. how are you i'm i'm good um i'm trying to think of something that's happened other than work busyness but i can't so uh i'm just not gonna be very intru- interesting this this week uh how about you um i'm okay I just had a driving lesson and I didn't kill anyone, so I take that as a bonus. That is a bonus. I'm so glad that you're continuing to not murder people on the roads. I know. That was my one goal for you. Been about weeks, you know, clean, so (laughs) proud. Yeah, I'm glad that my words you've taken taken on board. Yeah. Now now I've learned not to murder people when I drive. Yeah. Things are going well. But anyway, Mm. let us steer back to the fields. Um, so, shall we do it? Sorry, I'm not very good at, like, leading. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I went ahead with the intro and I've used all of my energy for that. You've done a good job and that is exactly what we will do. We'll go into talking about our top five because nobody likes to listen to our weeks (laughs) and what we've been up to. No, I don't even like to listen. What are you buying? How about a game of lucky hit? A three-headed monkey! Let's go! Sploosh. Right. Now that that's done, let's get into the real shit. Uh, yeah, whose turn is it this week? Is it yours? I believe it's yours. I think it's mine, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Um, it's a great like honour. So, my number five, as I'm going first today, yes. is Detroit Become Human. Ooh. So, I don't know if you've ended up playing this in the end. I have not played it yet. Um, I very much want to, but I have not gotten around to it. Yeah. So, I have mentioned it before mm-hmm. in a previous podcast, way back when. Um, it is an adventure kind of narrative-based game. 
by Quantic Dream. Uh, it's an amazing game. It is by Quantic Dream, who have done games like Heavy Rain, uh, Beyond Two, like Beyond Two Souls, like very narrative based games that are kind of movie like, I guess. And this one just got me in all the feels because it follows, I think it's four, four main characters or three. I could be wrong. So it's Kara, Connor, and Marcus. I oh, know three. So it follows three of these characters and you get incredibly attached to them and they each have their own individual story and you just become very attached to them for many reasons and I think the reason it made me feel a lot was one plot in particular. Now I think in this top five we must say that there's going to be spoilers ahoy. I don't know about you. Oh yeah I think to explain some of the things it's going to be spoilers. Yeah to explain the deep shit we're going to end up spoiling stuff. So if you haven't played this game and you don't want me to spoil plot points, then skip to the next one, I guess. So, yeah, the, the plot point that got me in the feels the most was was Kara's story. So, to sort of spoil it completely, you're a robot. And you are like a robot servant. It's kind of like, I don't know, people don't assume that they have any kind of feelings. So they're just there to serve, to, you know, be like, they are human looking, but they are basically robots. Anyway... She gets positioned in this house with an abusive father and a daughter. By the way, I've just realised I'm spoiling this game for you and you haven't played it. Yeah, I was gonna just about to say, like, for all the listeners Fuck. that are, like, not going to be spoiled, I'm just going to be sat here like, yep, I might just Fuck. take my headphones out and uh, just wait <laughs> randomly. I didn't, I didn't in think about this. Random point. All right, so, you know, I won't spoil it. I'm not going to spoil the entire game, don't worry. I, I'll make sure I wait. To be fair, I do know that point you're talking about because they released it in a video of uh the daughter and the abusive father and the maid okay so i do know kind of that story anyway brilliant well the story's not brilliant abuse is not brilliant but i'm glad that you know about that part so i can talk about it yeah so yeah Kara gets positioned in this house and the guy is abusive and a dick and you kind of but you do kind of feel for him because his, his wife has died and um you know, he's got this daughter and he's not coping well. He's an alcoholic. He's, you know, suffering. And you can tell that he is taking it out on her. And there's a scene where she's basically in danger. She's only like seven or six or something. And you want to protect her. And it's honestly like one of the most moving scenes I've been a part of because in her position, you are kind of like the fly on the wall. You can't really do anything. You just have to watch these events unfold. And it, I think for me, like, it's one of the realest game moments I've ever experienced where you kind of forget it is a game it just feels like you're watching something really fucking horrible and you know you want to be able to get her out of there you want to be the person that can save her and not let that happen to her and I think for a game to do that is was amazing and so that got me definitely got me in the feels there's other parts of the game where there's often like feelings induced a lot of the time as well because a lot of the main characters can die. That's the whole thing about those kind of games is technically you can kill off the, the character you're playing. It's, it's pretty similar in all of them. So, you know, if you accidentally do that, yeah. I just tend to turn my PlayStation off and then turn it back on again <laughs> so that I can go back and save them and not fuck up. But, you know, that could be upsetting, I guess. But yeah, there's a few other moving scenes. People die, people get hurt and i'm not gonna spoil loads of it but there has this kind of like sad undertone the soundtrack's amazing it's just a very moving and real game yeah 
Yeah, it definitely, from what I know of their other games and the games that have been like likened to and akin to, um, I think and I've played the demo as well. Uh, it definitely seems like a game I want to play for that exact reason. Like the fact that it's, yeah. it's kind of like a choose your own story type thing. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, because it gets so deep and so real, it's, yeah, it's like a proper movie yeah. and stuff. And I'm I'm guessing, you know, the undertones to, to do with androids, right? So yeah. The whole kind of undertone of the game is, do androids have feelings? Do they have personality? You know, and it kind of serves as like an undertone for our potential future when androids take over the world. Um, but it gives you a lot of feelings, especially after you finished it about, you know, like, could they have feelings? You know, are they, should they be classified as people? This kind of, like, there's a lot, it's a very, it's a very popular topic, yeah. you know, with like Westworld and there was that other TV show, I can't remember the name of it. Was just called human or something. Humans. Um, I think it was just yeah, humans. Very similar, and it's a very it's a very hot topic, but it is a very interesting one. And for that, yeah, it just it gets deep. Gets deep. Feelings and and shit. Yeah, it sounds good. It's definitely one I want to play. Uh, even the demo was good. It has some lovely spatial UI in there, just to throw in a nerd. It's, yeah, bit. it's um, it's a beautiful game. Yeah, it's it seems really nice. Uh, and yeah, like you said, I even in the demo you get across that sense that. Uh, androids and people like androids are kind of that seen not as human and stuff because i think the demo you're trying to rescue a girl who's being held captive on a roof by another android yes, that's um, right, yeah. and yeah the woman like the mum, obviously sees you and sees that you're an android and she's like what are you doing why are you sending an android out there like he's not gonna help he's like completely emotionless and stuff like that at you so yeah. you kind of instantly and that's in the two like first two seconds of the demo so i'm not really spoiling anything for you yeah you instantly get that sense that androids aren't really accepted but they are widely used it's that kind of weird middle ground like you said like almost like irobot and those kind of things where it's like yeah. you're not fully trusted but we'll still abuse you and use you for yeah, everything yeah which you know it, it does serve for a good game and mm. as opposed to you know obviously there is the sad undertones there is nice and nice tones in there as well which is like the relationship between one of the main characters connor and hank that like sees this amazing friendship start and like i mean depending on which way you go i mean if you really want you could fucking like hate him but most i mean i think most people would enjoy seeing friendships if you know you're not like sadistic and shit um and what a lovely friendship they had so that also makes it a little bit happier and not just all about sadness um but yeah great game Awesome. So I've got some facts, but I don't have realised that because I've spoken about this game before, I have gone through some facts that I'm not obviously going to mention because I'm not going to repeat myself. Um, but yeah, so I guess this one is kind of always kind of what we've been speaking about, which is the game took inspiration from Ray Kurzweil's The Singularity is Near, which basically explains that the rate at which human intelligence develops pales in comparison to that of a machine. So, I mean... Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. We've got stupid brain. <laughs> it's true we are pretty stupid so it won't be long the toaster will take over but that's and i cool. for one welcome our toaster overlords <laughs> uh, uh yeah so also minka kelly who portrays nor who portray yeah that's the word portrays north also like, betrays <laughs> north as a character uh she's also a supporting character in the tv series almost human which followed a human detective paired with an android partner just similar to connor and hank which I thought was quite cool. So obviously there's like that similarity there. Yeah, she's she knows the grounding well. Yeah. And there's also there's also a cool part of the game which isn't really spoiling anything for you, but I don't know if you've seen it, but on like the main page of the game, like when you start it up, like on the I don't know if you've got like a desktop, 
menu screen, there's always like this this Andrew called Chloe who talks to you. And uh and she'll often just like say random shit like welcome back and all this kind of stuff and just you know, sometimes she'll comment on what you're doing in the game, which is creepy. Mm. Like really creepy, but smart. Yeah. Um she does actually get stranger and stranger throughout the game. Um and what this means is she's sort of like developing like personality consciousness or whatever. Um and then eventually um at the end she does ask you if you will let her be free and so you actually have the choice to like let her go um and be like free and frolic in the meadows so i thought that was quite a cool little um little touch there yeah yeah, that's that's nice it's a nice little like thing within the game but not like because you can quite often get taken out of games because you're in a menu screen and you kind of realize you know hey i'm in a menu screen um but that's quite a nice like way of twisting the two together yeah it's quite cool um i don't really have any other facts because i've spoken about it before and i don't want to spoil the game for anyone or you most mostly you um because i'll never hear the end of it so i'm done amazing well i'm uh i'm happy with your number five i know you don't need my approval but i'm happy with your number five (laughs) i'll take it anyway (laughs) you're welcome um I'll move on to my number five, and it feels like it's related. It's not at all, but it kind of feels like it is. Uh, I've gone with my number five, and that is uh, L.A. Noir um, oh, by Rockstar. Okay. Um, it is totally different to Rockstar games normally, because instead of just you know causing chaos for the law, uh, you are the law. Um, you play as a cop uh, set in the 1940s, like just after World War Two. Um, and it's a really good game. It's a similar style to uh, what Nikki was just talking about with Detroit, um, in the sense of it's like an action adventure type game, but it's a lot more of just walking around and talking to people or looking at a thing on the floor. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? It is that kind of game, which sounds really yeah. boring, but the like interest comes from the storyline and the different characters and stuff um i think similarly to the you know this was like an early version of detroit where they first started using the cool motion capture i think it's called like motion sense or motion scan the one they used for this game um and it's like perfectly captures like people's faces so because a lot of the game is having a conversation it carries on really well and you can kind of see every like little like micro facial movement uh, which is really it impressive. was one of the first wasn't it It was one of the first games that used it i think yeah definitely because you kind of can recognize actors in there which feels really strange but if you look at the picture of the actor and you go why do i know this video game character and then you realize actually it's based on this guy who was in a tv show and stuff like that who actually plays uh the main character who is cole phelps a oh, police sexy guy man oh beautiful cole phelps um it's a great game you play as you play as a policeman who basically recently gets promoted to detective uh and the nice thing is you just kind of follow his journey you know throughout being a policeman like his career uh which is cool like you get really attached to him and interested in his career and how it's going uh because there's a little bit of a spoiler where there's one point where you get sold out uh by like another police guy with something you're doing and you get almost like demoted to a different section i think you get moved to like arson investigation or something like that 
and you feel really annoyed at the, the the like fake person who did this to you. You're like, how dare you do this to my friend? You've like ruined our career. I was just like outrageously angry at these things happening <laughs> to this man. Um, but I think it's because you just get so attached to the character because it's just well written and like you said, without the faces and everything, they just feel a little bit more real um, than like a normal kind of design character especially at the time that it came out because it was on the playstation 3 but quite early on if i remember um so like you said it was kind of one of the first ones to use stuff um but it was just it was a fun game i quite like investigating in kind of games anyway i think they're good fun and this one was like almost super in depth and you could interrogate interrogate people um which sounds really sadistic that i enjoyed but it's great um so did you pick this because it gave you like sadistic feels? Yes. No, I think I picked it because it made me very attached to what happened to Cole. Like I genuinely felt, I think, the emotions I was supposed to feel at certain points. Like I said, with when you get demoted, you generally feel annoyed that you get demoted. And when you're investigating the crimes and stuff, when you get a right answer, um, or when you think you've caught your subject, you get really... Um, oh you get into it yeah you get really into it you're really proud you feel it makes you feel the emotions like oh i'm really proud or really disappointing when you're like don't get the right person or something like that it's just that you know it's that feeling uh so it does make you feel the things you're kind of supposed to feel along with your character which i really like uh it also made me feel very happy because it was one of the first games where they got walking up and down stairs which sounds weird if you ever play the game or just what you know just find a youtube video of uh la noir characters walking up and down stairs and it's beautiful for someone who was just used to everyone floating you know when they do they just like, do that run and you just don't yeah. this is where they like hit every step and they slow down and they do a different walk down them and i think at the time it was like mind-blowing i was like oh my this god is the, this is the real reason why you chose this game isn't it it is just because you were like oh my god look at the way that they walk down the stairs you were aroused. I was. I was totally aroused at stair walking. I will happily admit that. It's because it's like the first time yep. you saw it. Like everyone else just shouting it. You know, anyone else yeah. playing this game is never going to take away this thing. But me, it was stairs. <laughs> it will always be stairs. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a it's a very good game. Uh, you've played it, right? Yeah, it's a great game. I haven't played it for a long time. I think I played it when it came out sort of so I must have been actually playing on Xbox 360 and I never replayed it but I I really enjoyed it and I remember getting really into it and it is kind of similar a bit to Quantic Dreams games I think where it kind of has that level of seriousness where you're like actually I really want to like solve this shit yeah and I think it's the immersion as well like I remember just being very immersed I think when I got promoted to like the final department I was I'm like I'm out I can't remember what it was I think we spoke about it because you agreed it gets really boring when you get assigned to like... Is it like Vice? Yeah, it's Vice. I'm like, I'm like, I don't care about people doing drugs. Like, just give me the dead bodies. That sounded weird. <laughs> but totally I don't like for you. I, like, <laughs> I don't like dead bodies, but I like doing all the murder scenes and all of like the solving and finding out who did it. Like, that's that was where I was at. I didn't really want to go to Vice. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's the same, like we said, it's the same for me, where it just, you get to a certain point, you're like, this is so cool, I feel like an actual detective, uh, which is great fun. Um, and uh, I guess to tie in with my facts there, are that um, many cases in the game are inspired by real-life crimes that occurred in LA around the same time frame, like 1947. 
Um, cool. Including one particular mission called the Red Lipstick Murder, which was heavily inspired by the 1945 murder of Elizabeth Short, which is also known as the Black Dahlia Murder, which oh. I think you'd know. Um, which I do remember doing that one and remember thinking at the time being like, this feels weirdly familiar and creepy. And I couldn't quite why. And it was kind of that introduction to like serial killers around there and that's when they were kind of discovering what that might be because the idea of a serial killer back then wasn't really existing it was just kind of like not one person could do multiple and it would be weird if they did Um, yeah and uh my other fact which is less miserable was that uh, to create a like realistic post-war Los Angeles, uh, the developers studied photographs taken by a biplane uh, by a guy called Robert Spence from the 1920s. Um, and they used these photographs to create traffic patterns and like public transport routes um, so that it would feel the same as what it did back then, as well as things like conditions of the buildings and stuff in the surroundings which i thought was very cool it's a lot of attention to detail i mean it's very rock star uh being able to spend that much time and that much detail doing stuff but it really pays off like i said it just it feels like a very well polished game in terms of like visuals and stuff like that yeah i think that's actually what drew me to it i remember like i've always been into that kind of era so i remember when i figured out that you know like that was when it was set and the fact that you could drive around like a town like that and i i loved it i thought it was an amazing aesthetic yeah definitely um yeah and that's kind of it for that game but definitely one i really want to replay because i haven't played it in ages and so i think i'd forgot a lot of what happens and um like the missions and stuff and how they kind of pan out i think you can get it for the switch now so i'm very tempted to buy it on there yes i think um my mum has it on the switch i don't think she's played it i just think she owns it so i'm gonna steal that shit and replay it because i think i've forgotten enough of all like the cases that i'd be able to do it again and not know yes definitely and now i can go observe walking down steps yeah you're gonna spend so much time do- looking at it and be like steph was right this is amazing <laughs> <laughs> i probably won't but hey okay i'll pretend pretend for you thanks i want a text i want like a little video of you being like oh my god look at him go and i'll be like oh yeah that's a good stare movement i'm just gonna purposely now send like a snapchat video of me just watching it with like a straight face not even twitching (laughs) i feel nothing pure evil so is that me on to me on (laughs) is that me on to me number four that is love you carry on (laughs) thank you what's your number oh, four <laughs> my number four i can't do accents <laughs> as we all know um is fitting actually with the accents it is everybody's gone to the rapture very cool so i've never played yeah. this game either and i've always wanted well, it's to been on playstation plus so what are you doing i don't think i had a playstation at the time that's my you excuse. did nope okay <laughs> well it's a great game uh, so basically, it is a first-person adventure art video game developed by the Chinese Room and SCE Santa Monica Studio. It's a very story-based game. It's effectively a walking simulator. So the reason I think this differs from other games, which are very like narrative-based, you know, kind of mostly just walk around doing the story, is because you don't really do anything. You don't really like pick anything up or like fight anyone, or it's just very much you're walking around effectively so 
this game is also by the same people that did actually wait is it yes it is basically a spiritual successor to dear esther which is also from the chinese room i don't know if you've played that one i have that free it was on like epic game store the other day and i got it and i haven't played it yet but i've heard very good Ah. things yes i want to play that one i haven't played it to be honest after looking into this i realized that there's more that i need to try um but this one is basically based in a small english village which is in shropshire i think and um which is adorable and it's really beautiful in that way and it's so it's quite realistic because you're just wandering around it you just know that you're in like a little english town there's like cute red phone boxes everywhere it's very like farmlandy um but it has a very dark undertone and i feel kind of shit now because you haven't played this one either um so i've got to try and talk about it in a way i mean i can assume what has happened in this game please assume say it verbally so that i can then well i assume everyone has disappeared to the rapture because it's called uh, everyone's gone to the rapture so i'm assuming everyone in this town has disappeared apart from maybe you okay sweet so the game is set in 1984 in a fictional deserted village named yorton in shropshire i don't know if that was a shropshire accent i don't know what a shropshire accent is to be honest it's close shropshire no. <laughs> uh, your general objective <laughs> general objective is to walk around and explore and discover why everybody has disappeared all you see is mysterious floating orbs of light swimming around a bit and you often hear like old kind of like conversations floating and, and things it's very weird it's very atmospheric but it doesn't at any point really feel too scary because really you're just walking around the houses and just walking around the nice Shropshire countryside. and But there is a stark undertone because as Steph assumed by the name of the game, everybody's pretty much gone to the rapture. Um, <laughs> great explanation there. Um, the cool thing about it is you basically get to find out what happened to everybody. So, well, obviously, we <laughs> the point of the game. You don't find out. You just go, oh, shit, everyone's gone to the rapture. Cool. I'll just end credits. Do <laughs> that's what Nikki's version would be. Someone just no. makes a cup of tea and goes, "Well, shit, <laughs> off we go." It's just me and my cat. <laughs> that would be great. Mm. Um, so yeah, you wander around the village and you find out what's happened to everyone. But the cool thing is about it is you get to like listen to like voice recordings and hear about like general like town drama that's what i really liked about it so like you know you'd hear about like susan having an argument with like glenda next door and like fucking susan yeah and then there's like um like uh joy having some kind of affair with frank and you know it's it's quite funny and i think what i like about it and what kind of gives it this sort of like immersive thing is you you kind of just get to walk in people's houses and it feels bizarre. It does honestly feel like if people just went to the rapture right now and disappeared, you would just be wandering around an empty, deserted town. People's, like, you know, TVs are still left on and things like that. It has this real kind of, like, creepy vibe to it. And I, I loved that. I thought that was really weird. I didn't really know what was going to happen because, yes, I know everyone's gone to the rapture. But for all I knew, there's going to be some fucking Slender Man behind me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I think that's the thing about it. It's, like... Although it's a walking simulator and you can kind of assume that nothing really is going to happen to you, you also never feel quite settled in some of those games. And I did play a little bit of a demo, um, I think like an EGX or something, and 
I remember just walking around being a little bit tentative, like just kind of like, what's going to happen if I go up to this thing? Like, you know, and like you said, because you know that nothing really is there. Everyone's disappeared. But also at the back of your mind, you're like, but there could be. And I think that's kind of what you feel like if you if that happened right now, you'd just be like, well, where the fuck is everybody? What if there's a big fucking monster waiting behind that sofa? Yeah. And honestly, I'm not going to say there's not because you haven't played the game and I want you to think that potentially there is a big fucking monster behind the sofa when you walk in these people's houses. So I'm not going to say there's not. There might be. It might have just been a big troll that came along and ate everyone. Well, you know? shit. And he's called the Rapture. <laughs> Spoilers. Troll named Rapture. It's a good name now for a you troll. Know. Yeah. So, yeah, there's this kind of like the dark undertone of everyone's disappeared and that's really, really cool. And it's just really nice to just wander around and just, just, I don't know, it's weird, like birds are singing, it's really quiet. So really, it's quite nice that everyone's dead. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like heaven. (laughs) Um, But there are two protagonists in the game and by protagonists, I mean, they're the people you hear about the most when you listen to like the voice recordings and things. And that is Dr. Catherine Collins and her husband, Steve Appleton. These are scientists. So they're kind of working on stuff and figuring out what's going on. And you're able to hear what they're doing through like the radios and stuff and hear about what they're investigating and what they're finding out. So you kind of have almost like a narrative commentary throughout the game of like, holy shit, what's going on? Because it doesn't happen that quickly. There is like kind of gross uh things that happen like some people have like brain hemorrhages and stuff some people just maybe they just disappear you know Mm. or get eaten by the troll oh yeah he's always there having a good snack yeah so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go into all of my information because i don't want to give it all away apart from the spoiler and the actual name of the game i don't want to give like tiny little details away but what i found so immersive about it is the fact that yeah, it has that whole, like, empty town vibe. You don't know what's happened. Like, you're listening to these people that, for all you know, they're dead. And that gets quite emotional, especially towards the end of the game when you're finding out more and more and more what's happened. And it sort of slowly starts to dawn on you, like, shit, like, maybe this has happened to the whole world. And it just kind of, I don't know, like, it got me. I pretty much played it within two days. It wasn't a massively long game, but then I did binge it because it's one of those ones that is actually quite relaxing. And I quite enjoyed doing it, even though it was a little bit sad yeah no i get that um i have a couple games like that where you kind of almost do it in like one weekend or almost like one or two sittings uh because they're kind of games where it's like very relaxing very easy to put on um and also they're kind of games where you want to keep playing because it's one of those experiency type things you and you want to know what's going to happen i think that was it for me i was like what the f is going on and that's why I don't want to spoil it completely because I feel like, you know, there is still that aspect of mystery is actually what's happened. So I'm not going to, not going to spoil that. But yeah, it's just, it was just a really kind of, I guess that the perfect word is kind of melancholy. It was a very mm. melancholy game. It was really beautiful. The scenery and the environments were amazing. And it just happens to be that this really shit thing has happened and you're wandering around just trying to figure out what's gone wrong. But you just get very invested. Nice. That sounds cool. Yeah. So I would really recommend it, especially if you're in one of those moods where you're like, I don't want to talk to anyone. I just want to go wander around in a abandoned village and listen to all the weird, like, shit that they've been doing behind each other's backs and see what, you know, Susan has been up to before she went to the rapture and all that kind of shit. Yeah, I do want to find out about Susan, for sure. Yeah. And their accents are very adorable. Their little farmery Shropshire accents. Oh, yeah. But maybe if we listen yeah. enough, we will actually be able to do one. 
Yeah, hopefully. Um, but I've got some facts that don't completely give give it away. Um, the developers were very inspired by the very British apocalyptic sci-fi of the 60s and 70s, like John and Christopher's The Death of Grass and Charles Eric's Means The Tide Went Out, which I can kind of, you can kind of see that mm. kind of inspiration in it, I think, which yeah. is really, really cool. It's definitely that um, quiet mystery rather than, oh, here's yeah. a giant thing that's murdered everyone. It's a bit more thought-provoking. Yeah, exactly. A bit of a... Um, fact on the development of the game and that was that the team who made the game decided to partner with Sony as they felt they could not raise enough money for the project through crowdfunding sources or through sales of alpha versions so um, that's not really a very interesting fact I guess (laughs) but it was just a fact nonetheless. I like it. Facts are facts. I'm having to go to my bottom of the barrel facts because I don't want to give the spoilery facts. Um, a cool part of it as well is that most characters in the game, as I said, you don't ever see them. Um, they do have a mot- like a musical motif associated with their chapter in the game that plays at the start and the end of their areas. So everyone will have like this little area where it's either where it's like their houses or some shit's gone down with them. Um, and it's really really cool. Like they each have their own little song, and it's as I said, it's it's still quite relaxing despite you know impending death. Um, so yeah, that sounds. Nice. I won't. I like. I won't that. explain their songs because that gives it away. Well, yeah, okay, but I like that idea that they've tied sound into it because I often feel like sound is one of those things people don't think about a lot in video games when you play them, but they're so impactful. Yeah, I think it's the same actually in Detroit Become Human. They each have each of the characters have their own like score, and I think mm. that is going to be a theme with all of the. Um, top fives for me in this one anyway for the fact that they all have incredible music and soundtracks and I think that really helps you get in the you know the feeling zone the feeling the The feeling feeling zone I know what you mean you get like definitely soundtracks will push atmosphere a lot it's like you can always tell uh that music does quite a lot when you change the music on a trailer and take it from like a really happy thing and you put a really ominous music over it and it could be like minions or something and you can make it seem really ominous just by terrifying music you know what i mean so it's like yeah i think you're right i think this is the same from quite a few in my list it's gonna be a music music things so my last and final fact is that at the very end of the credits a set of numbers appear and these numbers are actually a code that when solved leave a message in the wake of human beings death what survives is a set of afterglows, some brighter and some dimmer, in the collective brains of those dearest to them. There is, in those who remain, a collective corona that still glows, which is a quote from Douglas Hostadder. He was like a, a professor of cognitive sciences. He focuses on like sense of self in relation to the external world and physics and shit. Um, but I really like that because when you played the game, that quote is like perfect. Um, because not to give too much away, but like you just get a lot of like where some people have disappeared these kind of like sparkly glowy oh bits yeah and i remember that it, from the uh, yeah from the demo yeah you have that kind of like glowy bits and you can yeah half see people so i thought there. that was a really cool quote for many ways but for the fact that it ties in with the game but also because i just think it's a really fucking deep quote it is. i like it nice love a deep quote good use <laughs> nice good deep quotes there nikki nice quote thank you <laughs> We don't have, I feel like we should have a drop for that. Nice quote. <laughs> no, just, just nice. Nice. Like <laughs> we'll record one. Yeah, we one. will. Oh. Um, but that, that was it, really. Awesome. I don't, I don't want to go into my other facts because they give the the game away, and I feel like yeah. you know I'm going to leave the mystery. Where have they gone? Woo. 
<laughs> I like your mystery noises. They're very <laughs> mysterious. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thank you. But I do think that's a good... This sounds good. Why did I you do... say... Oh, you said thanks. Sorry, I was like, why did you say thank you? And then I realised it was because I didn't spoil it for you. But you know, it's that funny moment where I thought you were just being awkward. Thank you. Thanks. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry, continue. I don't know what I was saying now. I might just move <laughs> on to my uh, my number four. And just m- move past all this. Move past the old conversation. Is it number four? It is number four. Uh, yes, number four. Shit, I'm lost. Okay. Um, <laughs> my, <laughs> my number four is uh, The Walking Dead season one. Nice. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sorry. I lost you. You know when she's you... gone to the rapture. <laughs> you know when you say something and you're like, "Oh God, that was like the most idiotic thing I've ever done," and uh, that was well, like... that's both of us, so it's fine. Good, right? The Walking Dead season one is a serious game, Nikki. It's a serious time. It's not to be taken lightly. There's some deep shit in this. There's zombies. Um, it is the version that is developed and published by telltale games it was kind of the first one they started doing of this kind of style of episodic game because i think this kind of then like pushed out all of the different ones they do because now there's like wolf among us and the game of thrones one and the borderlands ones and uh, another one i've played that i can't remember um and before they died but uh yeah they kind of it's kind of started off and uh obviously it's set in the same world as the comics and the tv show around the walking dead um but pretty much all the characters in it are original to the game and the story is its own uh you know set of stories so it's not anything you can read and see there um essentially it's again it's another it's technically a point and click game because that's what telltale games are you know known for but it started to add it doesn't feel the same as a normal point and click game it's more like a choose your own story kind of thing like we were saying with detroit and stuff um it's less of like stupid you know put this bottle in this balloon and make a special thing to escape a lock it's more like talking to people and trying to get away from zombies eating your face off you know yeah it's like it's like one of one of the like i don't know what you call it like, it's the quick response ones as well. So there's obviously a lot of talking and your what your decisions, they influence what happens. But also, you know, you have to, like, click accordingly and things oh, like that. Like, I don't know yeah, what that's called. Yeah, time events. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, those kind of things. Yeah, they happen as well. So there's those parts in the game where it's like everything feels still quite still and quiet and you're just kind of wandering around at your own pace. And then you have those moments, those, like, quick time events. And they're, like, really like, oh, God, I have to do something really quickly. And it's kind of jarring, but it works for, you know, the theme and the setting of the game for sure yeah shit when you accidentally forget to click something and everyone dies oh yeah and then you have to watch everyone get eaten 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 Eaten. (laughs) my mouth just stopped working um (laughs) you you play as so to give a little synopsis of the story um i won't spoil anything too badly for anybody um you play as a guy called lee everett who when at the very very start of the game is being taken to prison because he's been convicted for murder uh, it turns out that it's like his wife uh his lover so something in there about some moral standings or whatever you want to choose oh basically he beat up some guy that was you know with his wife and they were having an affair fair enough lee fair yeah. enough. 
but the beating he he murdered. He did a no J Simpson. He murdered? He did a murder? Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. Maybe I blocked that out. <laughs> um he anyway, he's in the car, off to shit he goes with the police, and then um Walker kind of stumbles across because it's like the start of the thing and no one understands why there's a dead person in the middle of the road walking around and it crashes the car uh and lee manages to escape um kind of just quickly but kind of starts to realize like hey something's not quite right there's lots of weird people trying to eat me around here uh and then stumbles across this like nearby suburban home where he finds a small girl called clementine who's been hiding in her tree house uh from all the zombies because uh she was left with a babysitter because her parents are terrible parents and they left her in the zombie apocalypse to go on holiday. And... <laughs> zombie apocalypse. <laughs> you really need to not start picking up the things that I can't say. I think the more I listen back to these things when I'm editing and I'm just like, I can't talk at all. Why am I doing a podcast? Sorry, I don't normally bring it up, but that just got me. <laughs> zombie apocalypse. <laughs> It's the zombie apocalypse. Episode. We're laughing a lot, which is weird, which is good because <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, joy, don't joy. Want to okay. Everyone. In the zombie apocalypse, uh, he basically offers to look after Clementine and help her find her parents, and that's kind of where you start on your journey. And then you kind of go off and meet lots of people and get into terrible situations and shit happens to people and you know zombies. It's normal zombies and Walking Dead stuff, really. Um, but I think. The characters are really well done and they give you a real sense of weight to every decision that you make in the game. And I think that's what makes you really feel stuff during this game is that you kind of make friends with people and then something happens. And it's quite often your choice to do something that will help someone or not help someone or things like that. Um, And even talking to people, it feels like you have weight, especially with that stupid little like toast message that appears in the corner. That's like, so-and-so will remember that. And you're like, well, (laughs) shit, I've done something. Um, And they give you that little like squinty, angry glare. And you're like, oh shit. Yeah. You feel like you fucked up so badly. And you're just like, oh God, what have I done? Have I changed the entire course of the game? And it's like, probably not because essentially at the end of the day, everyone's going to end up in the same place because it's, a story game essentially but you feel like your decisions are really changing and shaping the way that you're going through the story which Wouldn't i think that suck really cool. if like in real life when you did something really stupid or said something really stupid you just got that reminder that it was like they will remember this and then it's like oh fuck i think it would make you have such bad anxiety to say anything <laughs> Like, yeah. you know, like, you already kind of know when you fuck up. But you're like, oh, it's fine. They might they might forget it. But, yeah, if you ever got that confirmation of, I'll yeah. remember that. <laughs> it's like, shit. What have I done? I'm um, glad we're not living in a telltale world. Uh, yeah. I mean, we'd all probably be dead by now. I don't think I'd last very long in a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> no. Anyway, continue. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. <laughs> it's fine. I think I'm kind of at the end. Um... Yeah, so generally you go through the story and I think the main point of feels and I I don't know whether to just totally spoil this game or not. I feel no. like we've done quite well in not spoiling any games we've talked about so far. So I'm going to not we, say I think we're ending. tiptoeing around a lot of it and I'm all right with that. Yeah, I, I think uh, naturally uh, stuff happens to characters because you're in a zombie apocalypse kind of place. Uh, so there's a lot of dark 
things that are happening around you as in like in the comics if you're very familiar with the walking dead you could get kind of the sense of where the story will go and how characters have to deal with different kinds of stuff that they'll see and that are happening around them so to witness that in a video game felt very different because you already feel like it when you watch the tv series or read the comics and then to then experience that in a kind of halfway thing where you're making the decisions and you're kind of influencing stuff feels like even worse um when something like bad happens but it's gonna happen because you know you can't stop zombies so you know things happen so so i've got to ask you Mm. why have you only picked season one did you not pick the whole series so one i haven't finished the last one that they've just kind of like half releasing now and two i really enjoyed two but i just feel like the first season had the most weight to it i think it was the strongest in terms of where the story was and the overall arc that you go through uh and stuff like that um yeah that's fair enough yeah i think because obviously two continues the story um but it doesn't know it just doesn't feel as strong or as well grounded as the first one um I yeah think- i can't actually okay. differentiate between any of them because i've played them up until the new one um because for some reason i can't access it on amazon prime on my kindle which is just really annoying or even on the play store don't know why it doesn't work with my device i'm not angry about it um not bitter but yeah like but they've all kind of merged into one for me i wouldn't be able to differentiate in seasons because they're all pretty intense and it's an amazing series and i was thinking about putting on my list to be honest but i didn't want to because i hadn't finished the other one so i was worried that i would you know i don't know yeah i'm just googling yeah i did have to try and avoid anything for season three because i've not played that one yet um I've not actually tried. I think also I had quite a long break between playing the first season and then the second. Uh, I think because I had this first on like a PlayStation 3 when it first came out. And then I didn't play the second one until very recently. Uh, and so I couldn't carry over my uh, my save because, you know, you can kind of just continue uh, with your yeah. choices and stuff like that. So I couldn't do that. So I think maybe that's why I've kind of separated the two a little bit in my brain. Um but yeah, I think it's a good game, especially I really enjoy point and click games as it is. And this was kind of a new turning point uh, for point and click and kind of proved that you could go deeper than just, you know, silly jokes and making stupid props to get yourself out of stuff. It definitely felt like, hey, we can also do dark storylines and make you feel things for these characters, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, that's definitely, I think a part of the whole thing is just like feeling things for the characters and being able to be attached to them so that when shit goes down like it kind of invokes that emotional response yeah definitely so my facts for this uh are the character doug who is in the first one is based off a guy called uh dog doug tobacco i hated doug huh I hated him. Right. Sorry. I know. Doug's not a good character, but he is based off the IT specialist at Telltale Games. The appearance of Doug oh. is based off him as well as his behaviour, which makes me worry because Doug's not my favourite character. But, uh, yeah, he is based off a real person who was Wait. at Telltale. No, I was getting confused. I was thinking of Doug. Oh, no. Yeah, screw Doug. No, Doug. <laughs> All right, okay. I'm, go- I'm Googling Doug. I see I think Doug. Doug was nice. I... Doug was a go- nice guy. I mean, yeah, maybe. I'm just trying to remember Doug. Um, And my other fact was, it's quite specific, but bear with me. In chapter four of the third episode, 
uh, in still in the first season, there is a bottle of uh, banang, or yeah, it's like banang, yang, yang. kind of like banana, but banang, in uh, a cup holder. Uh, the inclusion of the drink is a running jag in most games developed by Telltale. It was first appeared as a joke in Sam and Max Beyond the Time and Space uh, as a powdered flavoured drink with a funny name. It's possibly a parody of Tang, a fruit flavoured drink sold around, you know, places that drinks are sold. Uh, and I really enjoy Sam and Max and old Telltale games, so I uh, appreciated that fact and that they kind of keep a little running joke. Even though it's a sad game, they've still got to throw a joke in there. Oh yeah, you need the jokes yeah. for all the sadness. Exactly. Cool. Uh, yeah, so that is uh, my number four. Okay, so before I go on to my number three, mm-hmm. I think we should just confirm Beedle's existence, just in case for this one. Oh, yeah. um, we'll here. play a Beedle drop if we have a crossover, and we'll just get angry about it. So what's the Beedle drop? The Beedle drop sounds like this. Oh! There he is. So I don't know if this is going to be a Beedle drop crossover, but mm. you know, here we go. Uh, Beyond Two Souls. No. No? Have you played Beyond Two Souls? I have. I've played yeah. and finished okay. Beyond Two Souls. We can talk about this freely. Cool. So I'm not. I'm still not going to spoil it completely because we're on a bit of a roll. But with this, I feel like I can go into the main parts of it and not worry too much. So Beyond Two Souls is an interactive drama and action adventure game that was first released on PlayStation 3. Uh, so I love this game. So it's by Quantic Dreams again. So the same people that did um, Detroit Become Human. So I just, to be honest, any game by Quantic Dreams is always awesome because it's just that narrative game again, which kind of takes you through almost a movie. And I definitely felt like this one, not just because it had Ellen Page and Willem Dafoe in it, but it helped. Yeah. <laughs> so. The the general plot line to the game is it revolves around the main character, Jodie, who she's born with a mysterious connection to this entity named... I- is it Aiden? Oh, uh, yeah. A- Aiden? 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 I, I think, think it's Aiden. Yeah. But I read it as Aiden, but I know she's, she calls him Aiden. I think um, it might be one of those things like how I think Americans pronounce Anna. Like Anna. Yeah. Anna. Aiden and Aiden. Well, mm. that's fine. I'll call him Aiden. Um, so she's born with this mysterious entity attached to her called Aiden. She can communicate with him and he can kind of do telepathic things. So you never really see him. He's more just like a floating blob. Um, but yeah, he's there. And that's kind of like that that holds the general narrative of the game. So that's not too much of a spoiler because like straight from the outset, that's what the game's about. It's about her and Aiden and this weird kind of power that she has. So um she basically has a bit of a fucked up life, to be honest. She does have a foster family because her something happened to her parents, not going to spoil it. Um, and she, she has to go into, like, the foster care system. The parents are like, oh, that girl's fucking weird. We don't like any of that shit. So they basically give her up. So then she goes to live in pretty much what... I suppose it's not the CIA. I think it's, like, the paranormal department yeah, in some, the CIA. Some government facility basically she has to grow up in yeah so because they basically like chuck her out she has to go live with them but that's cool because she gets to live with willem dafoe who is like one of the doctors yeah who doesn't want to live with willem dafoe? <laughs> uh his name is nathan dawkins and also a guy called cole freeman they're both awesome those characters are, are very cool i like yeah. i like those two guys and you can tell that they're, they're generally nice um but she's like she's a kid at this point so she's only a child 
Um, but there, the, the game generally follows her life and the trials and tribulations of having a weird floating mass that can move things around and probably murder people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think the reason why it's quite an emotional game is because she doesn't have the easiest life and she goes through a lot of shit. You know, there's one part where she gets hired as like a CIA agent and then things get shit again and then she basically helps them save the world at one point but then someone's like oh i'm gonna open a gate to the underworld and then she's like has to go help them um but the main reasons why i picked this game <laughs> despite the how chaotic it sounds is because there's a lot of parts in the game where she's in situations where she's very alone and going through things where she's almost basically been abandoned betrayed or you know not in a situation where people around her have done very well for her and I think those were, for me, like, I found those quite, like, deep. Especially, I think there's the part where you're basically kind of homeless. There's another part where you're wandering around. Because you don't really have any family apart from Willem Dafoe and that other guy. And there is sort of points where, you know, they're not always being great for you and you're separated. And it just feels, I don't know, it's it's just, again, very real. It just seems like... Definitely. Real. I think, like you said, you kind of nail it when you talked about the fact that you follow her entire life. You see her as like a small child and in the facility, and then you see her, like you said, older and all the stuff she has to go through yeah. at different points. So you really get a sense of like, man, you just cannot catch a break half the time. No, and you do you do feel for her because you you. I mean, there's a there's a thing now. I don't know if you did it, but you can play the game on this straight timeline because normally the game is set to take you through yes. different parts of her life so one moment you could be doing it when she's 17 the next could be five the next could be when she's like 25 but you can play it in like a chronological order which yes. i did the second time around and i think i enjoyed it more because you really do just follow her life and all the shit that she has to go through with having this weird murderous blob hanging over her head who you do get attached to because you know he, yeah he's there for you you weirdly like him and he's kind of fun to play as I did this yeah. uh, kind of like co-op-y. Uh, so we took it in turns to play as Iden. So one person would play as uh, Ellen Page's character um, and the other person would play as Iden and just kind of like move shit around, which was always fun. And there was like nice bits where you were just like exploding boxes around and yeah. smushing stuff and then all the other ones where it was a little bit more scary. But yeah, it was fun. I always wanted to do that, but at the time I didn't know anyone to play it with. Oh my God. anyway um no it's fine maybe one day i'll do that but um yeah i it's cool i like that that they brought that in i thought that was quite nice i think because it makes it seem like less of a a single player game but yeah Iden was pretty cool in the way that he fucking fucked shit up i remember one of the scenes when you're at the party and basically there are these girls being assholes to you and you know up to this point i was pretty good i didn't ever really you know get Iden to do anything bad for me but at this point I was just like fuck it like just fucking throw boxes in their face yeah I think that's fair I think I did a very similar thing this like typical thing of like normally I'm well restrained in these games and I always do the good path but if you piss me off enough I will use my power <laughs> against you exactly but yeah it's it's a really great game and the actors nail it they do the whole motion sensory thing Bob, that we discussed earlier and um yeah ellen page is incredible the other actors are absolutely incredible and there's just so much like feeling to it and there is like kind of like a romantic story in there as well yeah which i got into and i liked i thought that was really believable as well it it did just feel like a movie it was great definitely like a really long movie which is why these kind of things 
I think most of the games we've mentioned so far on our list, if not like, yeah, all the games we've mentioned so far on our list have been that kind of story watching, almost half movie kind of ones because they're just so yeah. good at telling stories. So on that note, um, despite being a video game, Beyond Two Souls premiered at the 2013 Tribeca Film Festival, marking only the second time the film festival recognised a video game. I don't know what the first one was. I have one because I totally forgot to mention one of my facts and I'm pretty sure the first one was L.A. Noir. Really? Yep. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. So I absolutely loved that. So I thought that was awesome because really these games are stories they are like movies but it's just a bit more interactive like especially especially like i think detroit become human also kind of escalated this again it's obviously not just quantum to do it other games do it too i think last of us is also an example of that yes it's interactive yes you can do stuff but effectively these plot stories are probably 10 times better than half shit's coming out of the cinema at the moment yeah this is true we've just received a sonic trailer so i mean it's gonna be anything better than that <laughs> exactly but yeah so let me see what other facts I've got in my fact bucket. Oh, I've got a good fact for you here, mm-hmm. just to bring us out of some of the sad times. Um, the game was actually hacked at one point by a guy that turned it into a developer mode and went into the, the shower scene. And the scene that was originally cropped so that you just see Ellen Page showering just from like, you know, the head upwards. Mm. He basically spanned the camera around so that you could see a fully nude Jodie. So that was good. Well done, guy. Good job. You've uh, you've <laughs> um, done that well. But it wasn't actually Ellen Page's body, just so that everyone knows. It was actually like a model that she was like based on, and her face was only superimposed. So it wasn't actually Ellen Page, but still, you've got too much time on your hands, man. Yeah, that's a that's such an endeavor to see <laughs> naked, to see boobs, but not real boobs. Yeah. So that's a fact. Um, <laughs> uh, as well so this links to a another Quantic Dreams game which is Heavy Rain uh, apparently there's a chapter during the homeless sec- section of her life where a man can be seen sitting on a bench reading a newspaper and through the use of Iden you can see the headline of the newspaper reading as the Origami Killer which links to the game Heavy Rain Oh, very so cool. anyone that's played Heavy Rain that's like a little easter egg um, and to end this on a very sad kind of note but you know whatever uh so david cage who made the game and is like head of quantic dreams apparently was inspired to write the story of beyond two souls after a member of his family passed away he wanted to write a story about death but not from the usual usual perspective and to treat it like a physical event that can be explained which if you've played the game and know what the ending is makes sense but i thought that was quite a nice little statement yeah, you that's know? a very interesting way of kind of exploring death, like you said. Yeah. And I think they did it well, like knowing the, they the story and the ending and stuff. Yeah, so that's it. That's my that's my number three. Awesome. That's a very cool number three. I did think about those kind of games from Quantic, but I was just, yeah, tentative. But So I'm glad you mentioned them. Yeah. Um. So my number three, Um. I'm going to maybe prepare Beetle, but I'm not sure is uh nino cooney no interesting pick so nino cooney uh was developed by level five and released on playstation 3 uh, back in 2010 i think uh they worked very closely with studio ghibli uh who like if you don't know them they're a 
Japanese animation studio, kind of a bit akin to Disney. They quite get like uh, compared to uh, the movies are lovely, and they kind of worked with Level Five to create a video game where they worked on all of the cutscenes. So all the cutscenes in this game are very beautifully animated, uh, and the rest of the game is done by Level Five, uh, but obviously heavily within the Studio Ghibli. Uh, style uh, and aesthetics and stuff and it really carries through so it already feels like something from, that I was going to get invested in anyway because uh, I'm a big fan of the movies but um, it's an RPG uh, it's kind of like third person and the fighting aspect of it is kind of like Pokemon in that you befriend strange creatures and monsters in the world um, and then they kind of join you on your quest and kind of help you fight and you can like befriend them and give them cake and food and stuff and that's how you level them up but it's quite cute and all the creatures are lovely um but i think the main point of why i've chosen this game is just that the general story is quite quite deep and moving although it's um it's kind of based on the idea of it's supposed to be quite a children's you know area of story it starts off really dark um you within the first kind of thing is your young boy called Oliver who basically has to go on a journey to save his mother um and it's kind of said when I was doing research and stuff they were kind of saying like the team originally wanted to make the theme of the game really resonate with children uh and they initially considered it being like to do with adventures and dreams and stuff and then they kind of ended up exploring more of a darker route for kids and saying like obviously children's greatest influence are often their mums uh, or a parent and then what could be quite you know thought provoking but also uh heavy for children i guess is the concept of not having their parents with them anymore not you know losing them in some way or getting lost um so it starts off quite sad and quite deep in that sense um and I think you instantly get that you're in this really sad and kind of dark world. But at the same time, when you end up going on your adventure, you travel to uh, a more like fantastical world. Because the first part's kind of set in, you know, our world, in the real world. And then Oliver disappears off into the the lands like of Nino Kuni and just it's all fantastical. So it kind of goes back on to happier side and you kind of forget that really it's based on quite a dark real world event but yeah it's it's just a really nice game and the whole story and the flow of you trying to save your mum uh and her like other half in the adventure world and stuff is really nice and they definitely capture that kind of half dream like events and yeah it was just a really interesting way to take a game and not how i thought they were going to do it i think especially for jrpgs you don't expect them to take dark to go that quickly deep. yeah especially <laughs> level five ones where they're all look adorable and you know that they've got that squishy kind of studio ghibli feel yeah um that's a good pick i i never thought of it but now that you've sort of brought me back to it a bit and i've remembered it yeah it is quite quite deep in that regard and i do i do think it's a little bit of kind of like a what do you call it? i don't know if it's like a metaphor but like the sort of the differences between being in like the real world and then like the fantasy world is probably like a bit of a kind of I don't want to go too fucking dark, but you know what I mean, like yeah. the escapism and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know what you mean. Sort it's of like deal hoping. with it almost. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, because I mean the 
the kind of weird like crossovery bits are they're supposedly like real but you never i feel like sometimes you don't know whether they are real and they're actually happening or it's just his kind of imagination and stuff that is dark yeah and it could be you could think about it that way which is really dark and i think that's the thing about this game is it just makes you feel those things and it makes you kind of think about that uh especially just looking at the exterior you'd be like well this is adorable there's a really like cute weird thing called a fairy with a terrible man's welsh accent (laughs) and it's really off-putting and really hilarious Oh, I don't know what it is, though, but it was always really funny. Like, the moment... So Drippy Drippy is this fairy that you bring to life with your tears, which already is dark. Um, And you kind of see him, and he's got, like, a little lantern hanging off his nose, and he's very small. Um, And you kind of see him and think, like, oh, he's going to have quite a little whimsical voice or something. And out (laughs) comes this man's Welsh accent. Super thick. And you're just... It's so jarring. You're just like, holy shit, what's happening? And he's just sat there saying tidy every two seconds. Yeah, I, I turn the Japanese language on after that. Yeah, <laughs> I really, as much as I'm complaining about it, I get, did kind of enjoy it. It brought a lot of, like, extra humour to the game yeah. whenever you were doing something. And then it maybe was like, quite a dark thing or something happened and you'd hear this, like, Oi, boy, oh, what's qu-? Like, I can't do the accent. <laughs> what's you know what I mean? It just, it happens. And you're just like, what What the hell, Dippy? And you kind of just start laughing because yeah. you just find him so ridiculous. And I think that kind of brings you back out of the darkness. Yeah, that's bit. true. You kind of, you need him. Yeah. You need, you need a Drippy in your life or whatever you, his name is. You do. And weirdly Isn't in the second... Is it Drippy or Dippy? It, it's, I think it's Drippy because he's got like a little Drippy kind of nose. It looks like his oh, nose yeah. is dropping into a lantern. Um, in the second one, actually, you also get another fairy uh, type creature. And he also has a Welsh accent. Oh, I'm excited for that. Yeah. So I've got that to come. I was going to say, you're still doing it. Um, so I think there's not really much to say other to because the story is so good. I don't want to ruin it for anybody who wants to play it or hasn't played it yet. Although it's quite hard to get hold of unless you have the PlayStation 3. Although I think it might be coming out on PC, maybe. I don't know. The moment it comes out on something I can buy it on, I will also be buying it again. Because it's one of my favorite games uh, from the PlayStation 3 era especially uh it's just a lovely game um so my facts are pretty much all the references to ghibli movies that there are in them um tell me more one (laughs) so one of the bosses in the game is a giant metal pig tank named porso grosso uh and this is in reference to porco rosso the animated movie by studio ghibli which is a really good film about a pig who flies airplanes and the second one is there is a creature who you can catch because all the creatures that you meet you can catch and befriend even the bosses which i find amazing um but there's one in particular called my neighbor tom toro which is in reference to my neighbor totoro uh, or totoro depending how you say it in there as well and he's really cute he looks like a little totoro it's adorable um yeah. and there's also a theory that right at the end you kind of get on a broom and fly away um and there's kind of a thought process that you that might be a kiki delivery kind of reference in there i think there's probably a lot more if you kind of spot them and stuff these were two i knew about but they're very good it's a good game and it kind of really does capture the studio ghibli feeling for sure and your feelings <laughs> that's what we're here for yeah feels 
So, is that your number three done? That is my number three done. So I feel like we're getting into touchy territory. Mm. So you might want to ready be loud as cage. Yeah, I'm getting the pokey stick. So my number two is Firewatch. No. What? Really? No, I like it's in my it's in my honourable mentions, but it is not in my list. It's Firewatch. the most feeliest of feely games. It is a very feely game. It's a great game. It is an adventure game pub developed by Campo Santo and published by Campo Santo in partnership with Panic. We have mentioned it before, and I think it was in our voice actors episode. Yes. Because the voice acting is incredible and definitely adds to the whole game. Yeah. Completely. They they really do make the game. Um, the general story to the game is you follow a guy who was like a, hired as a fire lookout man called Henry. And he is basically hired to go live in one of the towers for a bit to, you know, watch for fires because the game is called Firewatch and that's what he does. So it follows him on his first day and you kind of, the game basically takes you through why he's there. You find out more about his life, which does have a very sad undertone to it right from the get-go. It tells you about, you know, why he's there and so effectively... You're there with a guy who's kind of escaping his life through a bit of a crisis situation, which I feel like we can all kind of, you know, resonate with, where he's just like, I need some time to go live in a forest and just like, you know, get my shit together. And, and, you know, and I, I think it's very personal in that way. And I got that from the get go. And I was kind of like, okay, this is going to be like some shit. Yeah. You know, I'm going to feel some things. (laughs) This feels yeah. weirdly natural. But in a, like, a really relaxing way. In like a, okay, we're going to go through some shit here and it's going to be okay. Yeah, we'll um, do it together. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So a month after his first day at work, strange things begin happening to him. And he starts to also communicate with a lady called Delilah, who's on the other end of a walkie-talkie. I think she's at another lookout tower. Yeah, she's in like the one over from you, right? Yeah, so you never meet her physically, you just talk to her through the walkie-talkie, keep each other company, go on some walks, you have a little chat, you know, find out a bit more about each other. It's kind of like Tinder, but through like walkie-talkies. Because, I mean, for me, I always thought there was a bit of a romantic undertone there, but oh, it is what you make it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's nice. It, as I said, I think before in the voice actors episode, it kind of sometimes feels like you're like uh, eavesdropping on a conversation because it feels so real. Yeah, they're so natural, which is one of the reasons yeah. I think we mentioned it for our voice acting because they're just, yeah, like you said, they're just so natural at talking to each other. Yeah, they are they are amazing, like incredible voice actors. So yeah, they just like they they chat. Some weird shit goes on um, in the forest that's kind of connected to some other stuff. You find like information about this. You kind of investigate it. She's there with you through the walkie-talkie. And um, as I said, I'm not going to spoil some of the darker parts of the game, but there is definitely some dark shit afoot. Yeah. Um, and there's points where it's quite spooky as well, but generally, yeah. yeah. I was going to say the same thing. It's like it's similar to what we were talking about with Welcome to the Rapture, where it's just a kind of walking game and you know that you're not going to have to fight anything, but there's still that element that really creeps you out that you yeah. might find something really really terrifying like it might be a horror game suddenly you know it's not because it's not listed like that anywhere but you're just there's that worry and thought that something might happen I don't know if we ever spoke about that bit where you randomly encounter a guy like when it's sort of the sun is setting and it's quite dark and you see this random 
guy. You haven't seen, like, anyone throughout the whole game. And suddenly you see this, like, creepy dude. Uh, like, well, she's like a black figure staring at you that then runs away. Like, honestly, I shit bricks. I was so scared. I jumped out of my skin and I was really unnerved. Like, walking back to the, the like, the fire tower... And there was, like, music playing and, like, oh, my God, like, my heart was, like, beating because I was so freaked out because you feel very alone. I think that's the thing as well with with Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. You you feel how alone you are. You know, you're in a game and it's, you know, it's silly to think, oh, shit, like, but you really do get invested and you get to the point where you're, like, oh, my God, like, I've got to go back. Like, maybe someone's after me. And then there's points where, like, you get back and you think that someone's been in there and, like, you just start to feel very paranoid and, and it's nice because you have to lie on the other end of the walkie-talkie and it's like, ah, oh, it's just it's just one of those games that's just so immersive. Yes, definitely. Like you said, it's just there are some really terrifying bits, but, you know, they shouldn't really be. But because you're so invested in what's happening and because you're so immersed in feeling that you're just out exploring the woods and, you know, there's not something not quite right. Like, you kind of feel like how you would feel if you encountered that. If you were yeah. just walking around the woods and someone just stared at you and ran away, this black figure, you'd just, oh, God, I'd yeah. run. I'd run also run so fast myself. back to my camp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leaving and a trail I think, of poop behind me as I ran. I think it's also that element of, of feeling like you're on your own as well, which actually kind of, it's weird because I don't want to say that just because you're in a game and you feel alone me- makes you have feelings. But for me, like, it does. I don't know why. I just feel very, like, at peace when I'm in a game like that. It's very quiet, you know. you just got your map to explore. You just have a wonder. Like, you're almost feeling what the character is feeling in some ways, I feel. Sometimes it's quite calming. Yeah, definitely. I think well done games like that when you are just kind of walking with purpose a little bit, but also exploring and stuff when you've not got something really intense to go and do, just instantly makes it kind of feel a little bit more immersive and stuff than, you know, just running across a map because you've got to go do something because you got told to. You know what I mean? Honestly, I find it therapeutic. Firewatch to me was like therapy. <laughs> it was very, it's definitely like a nice Sunday game to play. You're like, I'm yeah. a stressful day. I am all like a stressful week and I'm just going to sit here and go through a lovely experience. Yeah. But let's get on to the facts, because you know, we don't have all day. So, <laughs> talking about the walkie-talkie interaction, this was apparently actually inspired by Bioshock, which mm. has the player interact with Atlas through like a basically like a dialogue system, like a voxophone, um, which I thought was amazing, because I never knew that. I thought that was really cool, because yeah. I, I really enjoyed Bioshock and the kind of interactions in the first game between you and then the character Atlas. Never actually really probably meeting him at this point, but just having that communication. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. I would have never put those two together, but it feels, like you said, like I can see where that comes from. Yeah. And the game was also um, apparently quite open with being influenced by Gone Home. I don't know if you've played Gone Home. I've always wanted to play Gone Home. I know a lot about it. Uh, and I've never been able to play it. Similar to like we were saying like with Diaresta and there's another called um, What Remains of Edith Finch. Yeah. That, that I really yeah. want to play. I want to play those two. I have played Gone Home. I can't say that I loved it. I I liked it as a walking simulator. It was interesting, but I can't say that I really got invested in it. And I wish I did because people seem to be like raving about it. But for me, I was like... I don't know. I just it didn't it didn't click for me, but that's yeah. fine. Yeah, um, yeah, because not all of them will do. But um, but I definitely do want to play the other ones. But yeah, apparently it was kind of influenced by that. Um, and another fact is a weird one, which is apparently in September two thousand and sixteen, it was announced that Campo Santo was partnering with a production company 
good universe to adapt the game into a feature film. Don't know how I feel about that. No. I'm also wondering if they'll use the same actors. I really hope they do. I mean, that would be amazing. I would totally be into that. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm down. (laughs) Yeah, because Henry just looks like Henry. Or how I imagine Henry to look. Because you never actually see Henry. But yeah, the voice actor just... just looks exactly like I would expect him to. For me, I don't like it because I think the game, to me, is a movie. And I think it doesn't make any sense for me to put that into a film when I'm like, you basically... It's it's pure as it is. Like I don't I don't know. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's also it never goes well uh, because the, it's just so weird with trying to turn like video games into stories because they tell stories so differently to how yeah. a movie would tell the story and in the time spread like span. You know what I mean? Like then it's like with interaction yeah. is you yeah they just don't work. No, it's it's difficult and as I think as well with a narrative heavy game like that what is the point you've already done it yeah and you've, you've already made a high standards like yeah like prove on i don't think yeah exactly I, I don't get it i don't quite like yeah i agree and the narrative story is amazing but then i just yeah i don't understand the purpose really but you know hey. that was a while ago so hopefully maybe they've decided against it yeah um yeah that's it really i don't really have many more facts than that we've we've sort of spoken a few times about it before so yeah, yeah, it's it's. I would recommend Firewatch. Anyone, it's one of my favorite games of all time. It makes you feel the feels, but in a very therapeutic way. I think that's a great one for your list, and one yes. I've very, very heavily considered because I'm the same as you. I loved it. It's one of my favorite games that I've played of recent years for sure. Um, but yeah, nice mm-hmm. mention. So, what's your number two? Swiftly to my number two. So my number two is Final Fantasy X. Well, fuck. We don't have any crossovers. Really? Oh, mm. unless one. No, I don't think you can have my number one. No. I'm oh, sorry. wait. Yeah, that's your number two. Yeah. Haha. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. There's still time. Straight there. Um. So, yep. Final Fantasy X. Uh, we have spoken about it briefly on the episode with Max and Jesse that we did about PlayStation Two games, and this is one of the favorites. Um. So I won't draw too much to it. Um. It's again. It's a Final Fantasy game so it follows all the similar tropes of you know being rpg and that kind of thing and then this one's set in a world called spear and the game the story is again as normal around a group of adventurers uh that you collect and basically go on a journey to beat a big nasty monster uh this one's called sin and you play as tidus or tidus i've never remember how you're supposed to say it um who is a professional blitzball player which is a weird form of under water football um and you meet yuna who is a summoner going on a pilgrimage to uh do a final summoning and beat sin essentially uh and then it disappears and anyway the main reason i've chosen this one is the story between those two characters over the course of uh the game you kind of just become closer and closer you kind of watch the two become really good friends uh and just become really close on the journey and you kind of just watch their relationship build over like a really long period of time because it's not a quick game it does take a while uh and like each port that you go to you can kind of see Tidus learn more things about you know the world that he's in because he's kind of brought in from a different place he's not used to this world and he doesn't really understand what's going on so she's kind of teaching him stuff um and finding out about what it means to be a summoner and 
I don't know. I played this game when I was quite young, so I was 12, I think, when I played this game. It came out in 2001, so yeah, um, I would have been about 12. And I just remember being so attached to their relationship. Uh, and I just remember it making me really happy. There is one particular scene that I will always remember where... Um, I'm trying not to spoil this. Uh, so when he... <laughs> basically, Titus learns about... Uh, how summoning the final boss to beat the big bad guy works uh and him and you know kind of have like a bit of a conversation about it and like how he feels about it and how she feels about it and um essentially it kind of then cuts to a really pretty cutscene, uh and they end up like kissing and doing a weird underwater dance thing that was very beautiful and i just remember me being ecstatic when this happens because it's kind of something that builds over the course of the game like you can see that they become more Sorry. attached and... i just i just feel like underwater dance is like code word for like sexy time <laughs> it's well it's not you don't see anything but secretly i think that's what they were hinting at with their underwater dance <laughs> Uh, that's me taking symbolism. Steph's like, yes, it was, a, it was just a dance. It was just a lovely underwater dance. I don't understand. No, they had sex. Okay, so they had sex in water, which doesn't sound very comfortable. But they... Um, I just remember being really happy that this happened. It, I got really invested and in that they kind of finally got together. Because it's like watching a TV show, right? You're with these oh, characters yeah, for such a long time and you watch them meet and then become friends and become closer and closer and then they eventually kind of get together and it's that kind of nice journey and i just remember really enjoying watching that um yeah. of course i was 12 so this kind of like romance thing was all like in my and i didn't have that in <laughs> games you didn't really have strong romance stories like something that the whole story was based around a romance in a yeah. game before i'd never really experienced and i remember it feeling quite different and nice to watch and it was definitely a happy feels but um also <laughs> there are sadder parts in the game yeah. uh there are more tragic areas and you do again go back down and back up and all this kind of thing of the emotions but um yeah in general it did a really good job i think of going through the story um and it although obviously like i've always said nine is my favorite and i do love the story in nine i don't know what it is about the way that 10 tells the particular story i think because it's more of a romance story i Same think you're seven. right i think yeah i think the romance aspect of it is a lot heavier than previous games yeah and yeah i agree with you there and i think it just kind of and i think also the introduction of voice acting because that's kind of where it started with having voice acting in final fantasy games really kind of pushed it into the next realm uh, of like feeling more like you're watching a really long running series than in the older games that although they were telling awesome and epic stories uh, that you get really invested in um, it didn't just quite feel the same and kind of elicit the same emotion I think instantly you kind of had to build it a lot further in the older ones yeah. Um, so yeah I just think that was, that was Final Fantasy X for me it just made me give all the tinglies when I was young <laughs> I think for me the most because I, I have a love-hate relationship with Final Fantasy X but I think for me that one of the best things about it which does sort of like add to the, the feels is the soundtrack the soundtrack was incredible yes definitely this is definitely a game like we were saying I still listen to quite a lot of the songs um, 
from this i mean from many final fantasy but this one in particular like yeah there was even like a proper little one with a like a pop star from japan who sang a song and i remember loving that song (laughs) i think mostly just because of the the visual you can picture happening like you could see their story with this song which is a really nice thing uh so yeah you're right definitely get a soundtrack for that yeah Um, no i think it's a cute it's a cute number two i um yeah, I understand why you picked it, because I know what you mean. It's like, especially when you're that age and you play a game that has like that such that sort of romantic undertone. It's, yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, I definitely think nice. it was... Yeah, yeah, I definitely think it was one of the first games yeah. when it, <laughs> where that I realised I was getting super into a story. Um, <laughs> I was going to say something else then. I was getting super into boys. <laughs> <laughs> that too. God. <laughs> it, was Sorry, it was the summer of 9004. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that was my thing. And um, my facts. Moving swiftly on to facts. Uh, character designer Tetsu, Tetsuya Nomura, which I have said okay, uh, has pretty much said that the South Pacific, Thailand, and Japan are major influences on the culture and drift graphical design of the world of Spira, which this is uh this game is set in uh particularly in the case of the southern islands of Besaid and Kilika, which you really do notice um especially in the dress and stuff because i think this is the uh compared to the other ones they didn't really dress like anything traditional uh asian kind of style yeah it was quite westernized actually wasn't it yeah because you had like nine was very westerny kind of you know uh fantasy western kind of style nine was a little bit more no eight sorry was a little bit more modern but still western and yeah seven again was like future western so yeah apart from the hair nothing beats that hair (laughs) um yeah and the other fact which again is based around mr nomura uh, was that Lulu's dress in Final Fantasy X was designed by him specifically to see if the graphic designers could keep the exact number of belts in the right places every single time. Well, that's just mean. Yeah, exactly. It's why many cutscenes uh, show Lulu with her from the waist up or behind. <laughs> why would you do that? It's just, just like causing problems. I know, just like a test to see if they could do it. Because her dress is just, if you've never seen a picture of what Lulu's dress looks like, uh, she's kind of got like a corset on top, but then the under part is like uh, a skirt with an opening at the front, but the opening at the front is cover is like completely covers in different belts that are all like crisscrossed over. So you can't see like her legs or anything, but it just looks insane. Um, and yeah, apparently that's the reason why she's got such a mad dress. And I found that hilarious because I've always loved Lulu's dress. I was like, this is an insane dress. And now I know it's just because he wanted to be a dick. <laughs> Yeah, now you know. Mm. And the more you know. Um, yeah, so that's my number two. Final Fantasy cool. ten, And me and my I... young ladies. <laughs> I like all of the picks we've had so far for this. I'm I'm happy with it. It's good. good. Yeah. My final one might be a crossover. Mm, I doubt it. Yeah, to be fair, we've we've been doing pretty well not having crossovers. So here goes. Life is strange. Nope. Oh, again! I thought you'd have had one of these. Very heavily considered Life of Strange, but did not put it in. Okay, so 
Well, Life is Strange is an amazing game, one of my favourites. It is an episodic graphic adventure video game developed by uh, Don't Nod Entertainment and published by Square Enix. So that's fitting after discussing Final Fantasy. Um, Life is Strange was released in episodes. I remember I stumbled upon it randomly, not really knowing what it was, but just having it advertised on Steam when it first came out. And I just, I remember just thinking it was like nothing I'd played before. Uh, to give some kind of backstory, the main character is a girl called Max Caulfield. She's um eighteen year old, eighteen eighteen years old, and she's a photography student who you kind of she kind of comes back after moving to a different school. She goes back to her old school, and so she obviously knows everyone from before, and she has like a best friend there who she kind of basically ditched. Uh, but she returns to her old school as a student and she's kind of like about her trying to fit back into to that role but there is very dark undertones to the game <laughs> quite a few um one of the first ones that you come across is the fact that there is a missing girl so that's like one of the the biggest kind of plot points that just sort of sits there for a lot of it about how this girl's gone missing no one really knows where she is and i don't know if i can spoil this one we've done so well with no spoilers but the game kind of focuses on the whole butterfly effect thing where every choice that you make will have a you know effect there and max does develop like a special ability in regards to this yeah i'm not i'm not gonna spoil it's it i'm just gonna say to that talk about this game uh without because it's yeah. so story and everything's so intertwined so you're doing a good job keep going yeah <laughs> so your your actions do adjust the narrative completely and it just kind of follows you trying to do the best by everybody trying to do the best by your town um and it's difficult it's difficult to do the best by everybody there's a lot of other undertones though which just come from like a social side of things where you know you find out about chloe who's your best friend's like family life and you know how things haven't gone so well for her and and you really kind of have to get to grips with your friendship now because it's changed because you basically kind of ditched her to go yeah. to this other school and didn't really make an effort. So that was nice. Oh. So you've got to kind of deal with the consequences <laughs> of your actions. And uh, and yeah, it's it's without spoiling it, there is some real deep shit going on. Yeah. And there is also a part at the end where things get even fucking deeper and it becomes quite horrific, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it's not pleasant. And that definitely, the end of that game, <laughs> my body was broken because, and my brain was broken because I was just like, I cannot believe this game went here. Like, this is some serious shit. Like, this went from being like, oh, this is crazy emotions, blah, 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 to just like fucking ground zero fucking shit. Yeah. Like, oh it, my God. It kind of goes from like almost high schooly drama issues and you think, oh, these are bad. And then you, but compared to where it ends up you're just like why was i ever worrying about any of that shit like my brain my poor brain yeah fucking deep shit yeah definitely horrible shit really really nasty shit that makes you just want to cry yeah and it doesn't like yeah the fact that it ends just as deeply it just gives you no relief you know what i mean you don't get even like a glimmer you're just like well it's ended now you have to deal with this yeah, it's, it's quite stressful. It's quite yeah. a stressful game. Um, but it's a great game. It's an amazing game. And, and games like this, they do it so well. 
they they do they capture you know they well they fuck they fuck with your head basically i was gonna say try and make that sound better but no they fuck with you yeah quite a bit um and they do it well so fair enough to them yeah definitely have you uh played the second one at all i, I know haven't. it's not completely out yet but i haven't i should i really should um i think i'm still kind of stuck on the first one because I, I finished before the storm not long ago and that fucked my emotions as well so i'm just trying to like get them together before i let them fuck me over again yeah i think that's fair i'm kind of waiting until the second one's completely out because they're obviously they're releasing it like episodic again um but weirdly i went to a talk yeah. at, at rezzed about life is strange and it was the second one and i kind of spoiled the first like episode for myself because oh, i hadn't no. played it and they were talking about the what's going to happen in the one they haven't released yet and i was like i'm just gonna pretend like i'm not listening to this talk <laughs> yeah well maybe you should have played it maybe i should have that was my bad but yeah it's it's a great game that's why it's my number one nice. and i'm gonna go straight into some facts cool. so on the mirror of the two worlds diner's bathroom you can see the phrase fire walk with me which um so that's written on the mirror is a reference to the film Firewalk with me, which is a prequel to the events of the television show Twin Peaks, which I mentioned in one of my other top fives of how Zelda was influenced by well, Twin Peaks. Well, yeah, yeah, our Zelda. last episode it was Ocarina, right? Yeah, I was just trying to do it not the other way around. Like Twin Peaks, obviously, wasn't inspired by Zelda because <laughs> that would have been a different TV show. Oh god, um, <laughs> it was the other way around, um, which I thought was awesome because Twin Peaks is an amazing show, one of my favourites of all time because it has that whole, you know, lightheartedness and also the darkness as well. So it kind of makes you feel things. Um, so yeah, apparently it was inspired by the show, and also it's similar in the way that Twin Peaks focuses majorly on the disappearance of a girl which is very similar to life is strange so mm, and that's, that's like a constant narrative plot throughout the whole well both of them so when i read that i was like yeah it makes sense <laughs> yeah i get that <laughs> <laughs> um another fact is as well is uh apparently max caulfield's name is a reference to the character holden caulfield the protagonist of jd salinger's novel the catcher in the rye yeah. so apparently the two works share similar themes such as the difficulties in making the transition from adolescence to adulthood so like max holden is a student and both of them have similar personality traits such as the urge to preserve innocence which took me a while to kind of like understand what they were getting with that but i think i understand because she does sort of want to live in the past quite a bit um yeah, yeah i thought like that when was they were kids cool. and stuff i get that yeah so um uh, one that made me laugh was that apparently when you're searching one of your school well, I say school friends, she's not your friend, she's a bitch when searching Victoria's room, if the player examines the TV, Max will refer to Final Fantasy Spirits Within as one of the greatest sci-fi movies ever made, which made me <laughs> laugh because I was like it's not, but obviously it's because Square Enix made it <laughs> I love that they went with that one, they've had like so much more success with the other I one, know. that's the one they wanted to push but They're maybe it's like it. an inside joke because I, I, I mean I couldn't be. quite understand it has to be an inside joke with them being like ha, it's not the greatest game this is a joke <laughs> we know, it's fine guys um, also, weirdly, apparently the game was originally going to be called What If hmm. I'm so glad they went with Life is Strange <laughs> yeah, which really reminded me of an inside joke that me and you had where we both work in a, a club box office and um, I can't remember where it came from, but we both created this like drawing of this guy who would come in 
and poke his head around the corner and just go, what is? Yeah. <laughs> I, but love... I can't remember where that came from. I'm pretty sure it was because there was a guy who did that at one point. And there just... probably and was. And I think what it was was a case of it happened to you when you were working in the box and me and Nikki used to leave each other... Uh, notes and drawings because sometimes you used to take over in the middle of the night we'd swap over or sometimes we'd do different shifts but this is how we'd leave messages for each other and I think one of the times was and you created the story for me you were like this is this man this is what he did and then just it must from have that point I think just turn just around like, and like what is what is <laughs> anytime we don't understand anything it's just like what is so it made me laugh that this game could have potentially been called Wyeth. Um Yeah, Life is Strange was a much better name. Still a weird name, but much better than What If, because that just seems a bit like, well, yeah, duh. Like, yeah. what if? Yeah, I think it's a bit too on the nose. Life is Strange yeah. is a little bit more of thought behind what's going on. Yeah, I think it's unique, but weird enough, but also like, yeah, Makes Life sense. is Strange. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just because you get so used to it that you just don't end up thinking it's weird anymore. That's true. Maybe that's what happens. <laughs> Maybe. What is? Yeah, so that's my number one and I'm I'm done. Oh, man. Well, in that case, I will wrap up this podcast with my number one, um, which is Brothers Tale of Two Sons. Okay. Um, I think I have chosen this as my number one because I think I might be slightly scarred by this game. And I will tell you why in a roundabout way. Um, it was developed by a company called Starbreeze, and who are a Swedish development company uh, in around 2013. Um, it's like a action adventure puzzly thing. Um, you play as two brothers, who or two young boys who are brothers essentially, and the main point of the quest is that you go, you leave your father to go on a quest to go and find him a uh an ailment because he's ill he's dying from something and you are tasked with going to find the doctor or a uh, special potion that will help him essentially is kind of the the overarching point of why you go on this adventure um it's not a very long game it's i think i did it in about two hours two and a bit hours um it's but it's good like depending how long you to work out the puzzles the puzzles are quite uh not simple but they the more uh interesting because of the way that the controls are so the way that this game works control wise is that the um each thumbstick controls one of the brothers so you kind of move individually so a lot of the time you had to like move one brother into place uh and then also move the other brother into place kind of simultaneously so you're doing like different things with your thumbs which is a challenge in itself uh so that's kind of what most of the puzzles are based on um and it's a lovely game you get a really strong nordic feeling they captured it really well throughout the whole of like the aesthetics in the game and the general way that it deals with games because it's a dark game. It's a very mature fairy tale feeling to it. You know when you talk about Grimm's fairy tales, you kind of get the same thing from yeah. this. Like it's the it yeah, it's just a lot of that feeling in there. Um and some of the stuff that it deals with uh and where you end up definitely feels like a dark fairy tale for sure. And I think for how powerful the story is, it's done in a really special way because it's all non-verbal 
everyone talking in the uh, game is done in an imaginary like made up language it's completely like nonsensical so everything that you see is done through like just interaction with people and just acting out the characters and stuff which is really cool and you meet lots of people along the way and you see different stories with all of these different people and somehow you still understand what's going on to these people and what's happening in this story uh, even through not actually talking to them and having no dialogue or nothing to read which is really interesting but I think the main point of this game is that the darkness that kind of lies within it because it seems kind of like a nice game really we're talking about like a fairy tale nordic land and there's trolls who are friendly and trolls who are not so friendly but not in a you know horrible way but it starts trolls off called rapture yes trolls called rapture um it starts off i guess as it means to go on uh in that your you find out your mother died a while back from drowning uh and you as a small child could do nothing to save her so already kicks off pretty dark uh and it just it just goes it kind of goes back up because you're kind of you know off in this adventure and meeting people and then there are like slight dips and you meet little people along the way and they're having either a really hard time or an okay time and everything just kind of doesn't seem so bad but you know i don't know what it is life i guess (laughs) yeah it's it's very strange i didn't quite realize how dark this game was until the very end and I kind of want to ruin it because it's just a pint of it. No, because I want to finish it. I haven't actually played it. But I won't because Nikki has not finished it. And we've done so well at avoiding spoilers. But it will shock you. It goes into a, into an interesting place. Uh, and you will perhaps do things that you don't expect to do. Oh uh, and that's that's all I'll say. Um, okay, now my mind is wandering. Yeah. It's a... Uh, it's probably not what you're thinking, but I think for me, I wasn't expecting anything like that to happen. It feels like quite a light game. It doesn't feel like it's going to deal with some of the themes that it does. And so every time you approach somebody and they are having a slightly harder time with something, you're kind of a little bit shocked by it because um, you're you're kind of with kids and you're thinking like, well, I'm going on this magical fairy tale adventure. What, you know, what could I see? But you do. Uh and yeah death and destruction yeah death and destruction awaits you in the tale of two brothers in a weird way and you won't (laughs) expect it you'll think hey i'm fine but hey that's when it comes along and kicks you in the nuts (laughs) that's life kid (laughs) that's a metaphor for life and that's why i like this game um i want to tell you more about this game but it's very difficult without spoiling it and also yeah I have no facts. I could find zero facts out about this game. I really struggled. I searched for a really long time to try and find some snippet about this game. This is a first. I know. Factless game. I know, it's factless. And it's also my number one and it's factless, which feels very wrong. Um, But other than the fact that Starbreeze is Swedish, I don't really have much more for you. (laughs) Great fact. Yeah, thanks. Um, no, that's cool. I I think I played this game very briefly because I think I downloaded it as a part of PS Plus a long time ago, and I think I remember maybe like playing a few bits of it, realizing it wasn't co-op and getting sad about that, but then never actually picking it up again. But it's on my list of ones to to definitely pick up, and now maybe I will. Now I know that it, 
it's a it's a deep game because I'm into those. Yeah, it's definitely a deeper game than you think it's going to be for a, like a puzzle and interesting because you kind of think oh it's already interesting because the controls are weird. And I think that's kind of what tricks you a little bit about it by thinking it might be simpler than it is. Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend it. It doesn't take very long to complete either. I think I remember doing it in like one afternoon when I had some time, which I kind of like. And I feel like some of the stories you get across in those kind of games, like most of the games we've spoken about have been quite short ones, right? In terms of like not yeah. giant open world exploring things. And I think because they tell the best story and they keep you so immersed and so engrossed for you know slightly shorter periods of time but do such a good job of doing complex stories in that time yeah of course cool well in that case that's the uh, end of my list and your list well let's talk about some honorable mentions then yes what are yours so my honorable mentions are heavy rain which is the other game that was by quantic dreams that is a really good game not on my list because i don't i feel like it you know it was an emotional game and it was very dark but I don't think it captured me in the way that the other ones did. Um, Bioshock Infinite, because that game will always capture my emotions and my feels, but I felt like there was, I don't know, the other ones just kind of reigned supreme a bit over that. Um, Mass Effect 3, I've actually put on here because of certain parts of Mass Effect 3 where I was very emotionally invested and cried. Yep. (laughs) And uh, Crisis Core as well. Oh, nice. Which is the Final Fantasy VII kind of prequel PSP game, which... There's a scene at the end which I basically blubbered like a baby, so that's why I was gonna potentially gonna be my number five, but I did a switcheroo and it wasn't. But I'm glad that I could mention them either way. Yeah, there's a good mention. So quite a lot of my mentions have been in your list, which has been nice to be able to actually talk about them. But to continue on from the, your list, I guess uh, I have The Last of Us. Uh, uh, yeah, lots of emotional stuff happening in The Last of Us. Again, didn't put it in my list because there's uh, probably quite a lot in the middle where you don't get emotionally invested, but the start and end are definitely some big emotional hits. Um, I have Rhyme that I've spoken about before. Uh, I'm currently playing that, by playing the way. Rhyme. Yes. You've stalked me. I have. I'm stalking you on PlayStation. Yeah, I it's very it. relaxing. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's a very relaxing game. Uh, it's got some lovely themes in it. Uh yeah it's definitely a good game for emotionals and a game called Orwell which I also mentioned uh, which is about um, you play as like a surveillance person sort of uh, like point and click kind of investigation thing just in the realm of like stalking people it's very Orwellian hence the name she's into stalking people yes I love my stalkings Um, yeah it's a very good game it makes you think a lot Uh, so that's a really good game um and i think that's it really i think i'm ex- emotionally drained yeah me too that was intense this. that was intense but i think we had fun with them which i was surprised at i really thought this was gonna be a heavy <laughs> i figured we were gonna struggle to find some amusing points i think this. we have you have to find humor in all of the deep shit and the dark stuff because if you don't then you'll just cry into oblivion yeah and nobody wants a blubbering no and plus these games yes they have dark undertones and yes they can be sad and make you feel things but at the same time they also have that lightness to them and i think that's what makes them so likable is because they're more like life in that way you know and i think yeah that's why they're that's why they're so empowering yeah definitely i think you're right i think you know you like to be moved by video games it means they're doing something right 
Exactly. I don't always like to just, you know, I don't I don't necessarily like games with no narrative. Like in games I need a narrative that I can be invested in and you know, the more emotionally invested the better in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I'm with you. I'm story over you know, just nothingness, like just random shooting and stuff like that for sure. Yeah. I need an emotional deep game in my life. That sounds yeah. weird. Gotta have... Let's cut that out. <laughs> Nikki needs something deep. (laughs) Make a note of that to get rid of that, please. (laughs) If you leave that in, I'll fucking kill you. (laughs) I will leave that threatened. This is what this is the abuse that I deal with. Podcasting with Nikki. Just just bleep it out. I don't know. All right, it's done. Done. (laughs) Um. But yeah, I think that was a very successful top five. I think when we're very tired after that, but I think we are better for it. I think so. I think we've done well to get through this and not have an emotional breakdown. Exactly. So yeah, I guess that's it over. It is. That's it over indeed. <laughs> well, it was lovely talking to you. <laughs> It was lovely talking to you again. I'm very tired, I'm Um, sorry. (laughs) Through your tiredness, I'm just going to push you to do some links. Um, Swallow us on Twitter at GameTill5. (laughs) (laughs) What? It sounded like you said swallow us on Twitter. (laughs) I mean, don't do that. That's a very different Twitter if you're using it. Swallow us on Twitter, I don't know. follow us on twitter don't swallow us um and you can also follow steph on twitter yes at sefi m uh with three f's you can follow me um at elite cat with two e's and also on instagram if you want to see a picture of my face yeah it's a good face uh you can also send us uh an email if you feel like being old-fashioned at game till five at gmail.com yeah, and please also, if you ever like think of a good idea for an episode, like a top five, just give us a message and let us know because I think at some point we're just going to run out of ideas for top fives because we're just going to go for everything. So any ideas would be amazing, you know. We'll yeah. mention you. Yeah, otherwise they're just going to get weird and obscure. Yeah, so do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye.